रोशनी का कारवा दिस पॉडकास्ट इज ब्रॉट टू यू बाय बैरियर ब्रेक सॉल्यूशंस प्राइवेट लिमिटेड एंड स्कोर फाउंडेशन Hi and welcome to Iway Conversations. My name is George Abraham, and today my guest is Dr. Meghna Verma, who began life as an ophthalmologist, but today is a mental health professional. Welcome, Meghna. And my first question to you is: uh, How come the switch from being an ophthalmologist to a mental health professional? i was working as an ophthalmologist and in one of the premier institutes of this country and uh, suffering with a, a degenerative eye condition retinitis pigmentosa i suffer from retinitis pigmentosa i always had this knowledge that my vision is gradually deteriorating and there would be a day when i would have to quit ophthalmology completely right uh, when my employers came to know uh, about this about my eye condition which i disclosed myself yes. to them yes. and that time i was in clinical practice so i was doing my uh, surgeries i was doing my opd and uh, when my eye condition was detected i disclosed it to my to them myself i think uh, they themselves uh, did not know how to uh, react to it or where to put me the right. they, they probably i might be the only unique case they have ever come across me being an ophthalmologist and suffering from an eye disease right so uh so they they figured out that uh, a one way to retain me would be to put me in a non clinical side so they had put me in the administrative side of the hospital yes which was fine and to to um Uh, to their credit they encouraged me to do an mba also so i did an mba from isb and yeah. went back to the hospital to take up an administrative role but i really used to miss the clinical side because clinical side really involves a lot of you know dealing with patients seeing people interacting with them and that was the skill that i had worked for for the last 10 12 years of my life so uh, switching to an administrative side was somehow it was very dissatisfying and i was looking out to do something clinical yes um when i uh, when i put forward my request to to my employers uh, that okay maybe not really clinical role maybe a paraclinical or a research role would be good for me i would be more satisfied in a research role but uh, somehow it, it 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 didn't go down well or they didn't pay attention to it or whatever for for like 2 3 years i just kept on waiting for that to happen but so so basically so basically you wanted to do something which was still linked with the eye and people absolutely because i had worked in this field for uh, for almost 10 years by then right and it was dear to me it was not that uh, i didn't enjoy my uh, enjoy my profession i completely enjoyed the scientific and the clinical side of it so by the way where did you do your medicine and uh, your specialization in ms in ophthalmology from 
सो आई एम फ्रॉम मुंबई एम बेसिकली फ्रॉम मुंबई एंड माई एम बी बी एस वॉज फ्रॉम के एम हॉस्पिटल इन मुंबई एंड एम एस वॉज फ्रॉम जे जे हॉस्पिटल इन मुंबई राइट एंड फेलोशिप वॉज इन कॉर्निया विच इज अपर स्पेशलिटी एंड इट वॉज फ्रॉम एल बी प्रसाद इन इन हैदराबाद सो बट देन when i could not find a uh, an avenue or a sympathetic or rather i should say an empathetic employer like yeah. who would still find value in my uh, in all the education that i had and uh, probably give me a role which which fit me which i thought would fit me better so uh, i i was kind of trying to uh, approach a lot of people and uh, try to put forward my case in fact uh, whenever i would approach people also uh, a lot of people would advise me uh, not to make it apparent on the cv itself or tell the would be employers about my eye condition uh, but i i used to be uh, I, i used to think that no there is no point in hiding it and over a period of time because i would get this advice from everybody around me from friends and relatives yes. over a period of time it slowly somehow subconsciously i was kind of ashamed of it yeah in so, fact uh, it's human tendency to hide weaknesses isn't it yes and it is it was uh, though unintentional uh, everybody my my bosses my uh, colleagues my friends everybody would try to kind of maybe in in a uh in a good with good intention itself but they would try and advise me not to not to make it evident to people that yeah. i have this and little do they realize that um, you know uh, if they discover it could be quite a quite quite a disaster isn't it absolutely so um and over a period of time i started becoming very ashamed of it so uh and like i would all i would actually think of it as a weakness like you know i am a lesser person probably like right. a lesser human being yeah. or something a lesser doctor a lesser everything i think this uh, was around the time that we bumped into each other absolutely so uh i think when i met you i uh, i spoke to you like the entire day but i had not told you that i have a condition myself right that i have uh so i i can still see even today i have partial vision right but it is uh it it's not good enough for me to be independent like at least to move around independently mobility Def- definitely not good enough to cut somebody's eye and remove the cornea definitely replace no. <laughs> <laughs> definitely okay. not right yeah so uh so then when we uh bumped into each other i i and the first thing that that really struck me was uh that you were so independent like you hailed your own taxi you came uh, came to the hospital all alone and then i asked you uh, is there anybody with you i think then you said no i travel all over the world alone <laughs> and i was like wow <laughs> that's something and then i thought that i should tell you and then i told you about this and then uh, yeah, i remember I, that I, car ride from the hospital to yes. your house yes i remember yes. that Yeah. Yes. So then I then I told you that uh, you know I I feel uh, that that I should still continue in some way as a doctor and uh, to otherwise the all those years of study I don't feel I am I am justifying it. 
That's right. Uh, in my current role, and I feel highly dissatisfied and all that. And then you told me examples of these doctors who lost their vision while they were in service, and they still continued to be doctors. Right. So, uh, so you gave me those examples, and then suddenly it was like I had never thought of it. Like it, it's possible to do that. Till yeah. then, everybody around me. be it my employer be it my own uh, parents and uh, or my husband and family basically they it was just something that we all assumed that it is not possible to continue as a doctor since my vision is uh, is dropping right so when you told me that information it was suddenly like a, a new option a new choice opened to me and uh, and then and then i started slowly you know kind of um, kind of harboring that uh, possibility and that dream in in me somewhere then uh, then you put me in touch with uh, uh, with another doctor friend of uh, ours um uh, dr philip the doctor yes. in bangalore the psychiatrist yes, yes right, the right. psychiatrist and uh, and i thought that like it was so amazing and inspiring to talk to him uh that in spite of his low vision he is fully functional clinically That's he right. does everything That's which right. which a sighted person does yeah and then uh to me it was like uh i mean if he can do it why not me yeah it is it is a little late in my life probably to make a change or whatever but then i i was so driven by that dream and that possibility that i i finally approached him i spoke to him he was very encouraging he in fact found an opportunity and a course for me in cmc vellore right which i could do and then i enrolled into the course the the teachers and the staff in cmc vellore were extremely supportive you went they to vellore still supportive yes you, you went, went to vellore okay yes i went to vellore for uh, 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 for the uh, program yes uh, it was over a period of one year right and the staff and the teachers there were so supportive they are still supportive in fact like even today if i have a difficult case i reach out to them and they respond right immediately right. Uh, so i mean it was such a uh, humbling experience like that was an area where i was not made to feel like a like a lesser doctor or a lesser human being ever right and uh, and then it i suddenly thought that probably it was my calling for uh, uh, and um people who uh, who uh, go through uh, any chronic disease not yes. just blindness um any chronic disease there are a lot of mental issues involved there is a lot of depression and anxiety involved yes uh with any disease and i thought probably it's my calling because i have gone through that myself right. maybe i could i could do a little bit to kind of treat and elevate the uh, the kind of mental turmoil anybody with with a disease or chronic pain suffers from right so and i think that is my calling and that is my passion today so that is how the the transition. shift from the transition from uh, from ophthalmology to mental health happened
If you know of anyone with vision impairment who needs guidance on living life with blindness, please share the Iway National Toll Free Helpline number one eight zero zero five three two zero four six nine. The number is one eight zero zero five three two zero four six nine. And so, um, uh, once you qualified to be a mental health professional, did you work with somebody else to kind of gain some kind of hands-on experience, or you yes. started your own setup? Uh, so, I I worked for after completing the course. I completed the course in twenty nineteen. Right. After that, for uh, around six months, uh, I worked with a with a doctor here in Hyderabad. Yes. And uh, again, uh, the psychiatrist in Bangalore, Nimhans, uh, our friend, he was so kind that he arranged for uh, for a visit to Nimhans so yes. that I could go and and uh, learn at the again the premier premier institute for mental health in this country. Right. Unfortunately, it was it was scheduled for March, April, uh-huh. and twenty twenty, yeah, and that is when COVID happened. But I'm really hopeful that once the situation is better, I would go to Nimhans. That's another dream of mine right. that I would be able to go to Nimhans and probably do an observership with the best of the psychiatrists in this country. So, uh, but you still have a kind of a a, a, a psychiatric. Practice or a mental health yes, practice yes, going on right yes, now in yes, Hyderabad. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I have started, uh, started. I have started a psychiatry practice here in um, in a hospital in Hyderabad, yeah. and I am getting very good response and reviews. And again, maybe because I feel that I I I feel that maybe it was my calling that is why I feel that. and it's almost like a new chance to me so i really want to do it justice to the to the chance that uh, that has been given to me again to get into clinical practice so i i'm really passionate about it and i uh, really want to do it justice to my patients who come to me and uh, yeah i mean it's covid times and uh, there is a lot of uh, mental health issues happening around So probably oh. it's the need of the hour too. Yeah, I believe so because COVID, uh, COVID is going to throw up a lot of mental health issues. A lot yes. of people into depression. People have lost their jobs. People have been, yes. uh, you know, have to seriously change the course of their lives. So yes. I think, uh, I think professionals like you would be much in demand. Yes, and that is the uh, that was the vision of CMC Vellore actually. So they are training uh, doctors, MBBS doctors, to become mental health professionals because they feel that the need of psychiatrists is so high in this country. There are very few psychiatrists in the country, and the ones who get trained well, like from AIMS, Nimhans, and CMC Vellore, most of them go out of the country. because they get better paid in in uh, us or australia or canada they leave the country the few who stay back in in india are so overloaded with work they are probably not able to do justice like if you're seeing like 100 patients a day you're not able to do justice to all of them uh, there another question which uh, comes from what you just said uh, you 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 uh, you have transitioned from being an ophthalmologist to being a psychiatrist yeah. or a mental health yes. professional through your educate new your fresh courses that you did the training yes. that you undertook in velour and so on 
but uh, to operate as a visually impaired person did you have to pick up any additional skills uh yes so um i, uh, I still have to pick up a lot of skills uh, i know uh, you also keep on encouraging me to do that uh but yes uh, the the major transition that i have made is that now i rely more on voice over uh, com- and uh, to uh, voice messaging or uh, reading uh, texts in, uh, in in voice over rather than uh, reading it visually and uh, trust me it's it's much more in, in fact it's much more efficient than than uh, a lot of uh, sighted people do it yeah and you're talking again, about you use uh, voice over on an iphone and you use yes. um, you use uh, nvidia or jaws on your laptop or computer yes okay. yes and uh, like again uh, that the, the psychiatrist friend of mine had told me that in fact in nimhans he is the person who is made to in fact he is given the maximum work to write the notes or take the uh, uh, take down notes during rounds and all that because his speed is the maximum right. compared to even sighted people even sighted doctors his speed is so fast uh, his typing speed is like 90 words per minute and things wow. like that so yeah yeah, yeah. so in fact i feel that sometimes uh, these skills actually make you more efficient it's just that uh, we feel that these are the skills which are which are meant only for the visually disabled and and so, when when patients meet you face to face meaning do you see any kind of uh, uh, strange responses i so uh, uh, again i find that in fact it's Uh, so uh, a, a couple of patients ask me that uh, so when i'm walking slowly uh, a couple of patients are, do ask me that have you hurt yourself in the leg or something <laughs> right then i tell them no actually i have low vision and i think yeah i mean and in fact a lot of um, patients with mental illnesses like anxiety and depression when i uh, if if appropriate and if in the context if i give them my example and of of the choices that i made and the transition that i made i think a lot of people actually find it very comforting and so yeah and, it's and like inspiring. an asset it's an asset yeah. that you have yeah 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 so i think especially a lot of people find it uh, like an if like acting from a position of therapist yes people find it as an asset or a real life qualification rather than just a degree or anything so That's i right. i actually find it an, as an asset now <laughs> so so you have a degree and you also have a life experience to share absolutely yeah and and then it looks more genuine in fact like yeah. because you have gone through it yourself and you say that you know i went through anxiety depression myself and this is how i i came out of it people find it more genuine compared to somebody just reading out of the textbook or uh, prescribing medicines so uh, so so one more question like like uh, you know you you live uh, in an in, in in an environment or i'm talking about your family environment where uh, people are kind of um, overprotective uh, people uh, are are kind of all the time waiting to do something for you and then yes. uh, you know and and keeping you out of activities which they think that would be harmful to you yes so how do you keep your spirits up do you have any uh, social support network or something that you tap into on a regular basis 
Absolutely. So uh, again, uh, you and uh, Dr. Sharad, they put me in touch with uh, a couple of uh, visually impaired uh, people in Hyderabad. Right. And, um, and they are all people who are professionally and personally very successful people. Right. So they are also people I look up to. So right. uh, and uh, over a period of time, we, we formed a circle, we meet each other, at least before COVID, we used to meet regularly also. Right. So uh, we call up each other and it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's a very, it's a group that stands up for me, I feel. So uh, whenever I have uh, any issues, uh, I, I just bounce it off them. And I know that they will understand or right. they have overcome that themselves. So whatever comes from them is like completely, uh, they understand and they are completely empathetic. So yes. like I told you, like my family was not really in favor of me making the transition to psychiatry and just telling them that uh, uh, like Dr. Sharad is there and he is, he is one of the successful people in, in Nimhans. And that was enough for them to, to get convinced. I think a lot of sighted people or the family and friends of, uh, of somebody who's going through disease actually don't know. Right. Like they don't know. They, they don't know how to, how to react, how to handhold, how to support. The, I think it just, just comes naturally to them to be, you know, to be overprotective and say, Ki, better not do, right? I mean, why put yourself through, those, through that trouble? Of, of going out and, and doing something. Right. So, and I think most of my friends, like at least in Hyderabad, the circle that I was talking about, they also went through similar things when uh, their blindness started off. Right. I right. think it's very natural for some, some of the families to be, to be overprotective. To support our work with the blind and visually impaired, you can visit the donate page on our website www.scorefoundation.org.in Please note www.scorefoundation.org.in What is your son? What is your son? Uh, he's six now, so uh, you must be having interesting interesting responses from him <laughs> yes <laughs> so i remember maybe a year back uh, or maybe even earlier than that maybe he was four and then he was like mama aapko kyu nahi dikhta hai uh-huh. so i was like uh, ki beta mujhe uh, ek uh, disease ho gaya hai jiski wajah se mujhe nahi dikhta hai hmm. baakiyon ki mama ko bhi nahi dikhta hai kya i was like hmm. nahi beta baakiyon ki mama ko dikhta hai <laughs> special <laughs> so uh, I think uh, or there are times uh, uh, again somewhere much younger like I was walking around the house and uh, I hit myself by the corner of the table yeah. so like I kind of uh, and it, it really hurt and he was just sitting there and watching and then after that when I moved out he he, he was just hitting the corner like the table. <laughs> he was like you hit punishing, my punishing the corner <laughs> punishing the table corner <laughs> 
सो या देर आर टाइम्स बट देर आर टाइम्स वेन ही अगेन अज्यूम्स अरे मम्मा आपको नहीं दिखेगा आप रहने दो बट देन या ही हेल्प मी विद गार्डनिंग लाइक जस्ट टूडे मॉर्निंग ही वॉज लाइक मम्मा यहाँ पे ये सब ये लीव्स मतलब ये पूरे सूख गए हैं सो ही पॉइंट आउट कि इसमें रोज आ गया है आप देख लो यहाँ पे वाइट रोज आया है यहाँ रेड रोज आया है यहाँ पे ये प्रॉब्लम्स हैं तो आप कट कर दो ये लीव्स सो ही गाइड्स मी लाइक ही नोज की हियर शी विल रिक्वायर सम प्रॉम्स एंड हेल्प एंड हियर इट इज बेटर टू टेल हर की ओके let it be <laughs> so no children think... are beautiful actually they organically respond to you you know <laughs> yes <laughs> so that's that's beautiful yes and uh, so um, so uh, you know outside your professional and your family life uh, what are your passions what are the things that make you happy what are the things that you were doing before you continue to do and there must be things that you were doing before yes. but you are not able to now Um, yes could you share some of them yeah so uh, i think i always uh, loved reading books and uh, again there was a transition period where maybe because of my uh, my low phase in life the depression i kind of kind of was not reading at all uh, yeah. so uh, from from being a complete bibliophile to somehow i would not pick up or if i would pick up i would not finish a book and from there till and to today i actually run book clubs so i in my own society uh, i kind of other enthusiastic book readers i have formed a group and kind of initiate those discussions and uh, we have a very lively group uh, around around books right so uh, i think uh, the switch again to audio books really helped right and i i love audio books actually i and i think again we think matlab earlier maybe i used to think of it as a disadvantage but it's actually an advantage because when you're uh, listening to audio books you can just keep on doing whatever like household chores you're doing and you can still finish a book whereas when you are reading a physical copy you need to assign that time to that to reading right. right yeah so i think i quite enjoy uh, the audio books because of the style of of dialogue delivery or the the music which is incorporated into it so i'm completely enjoying audio books nowadays uh, so you and, read books from audible is it uh yes i read books from audible yes okay. and uh, i remember uh, you had suggested storytell and yeah. again a couple of other friends have suggested storytell i'm i'm going to try it for sure and also there are a lot of audio books on youtube so i i kind of try and find stuff on youtube as well so yeah so in conclusion i wanted to ask you uh, how do you see your future uh, say in the next 5 to 10 years uh, what are your plans what are your dreams if any yeah so i would really um, i feel a lot of mental health and also a lot of chronic diseases it, it's about Uh, this feeling of shame and stigma a, a feeling of weakness and people don't come out and talk about it in open and they don't seek help and for in my case help just happened like you came across and then one step led to another and it happened but i never reached out to anybody to seek help 
so in spite of support groups in spite of professionals existing people just don't reach out yeah. and it would be really my dream if if i could kind of uh, advocate or create systems or create a, a an organization which could help in doing that uh, uh, in the area of mental health especially uh, and in area of uh, people suffering with chronic diseases so uh, i think that would be my dream also on a personal front my dream would be to be to be able to do everything that i used to do as a sighted person if it is like if if it is going out in parties and still feeling comfortable among sighted people or going to going to travel and being confident that you will be able to navigate the world alone if if not if there is nobody along with you so these are still issues which subconsciously i feel at some level i am still a little scared about i think if that part can also completely go out of me that would be that would be really like uh, a, a completely being feeling complete and feeling whole again so yeah. i think these are the two dreams that i have at a professional and personal front <laughs> megna wonderful speaking with you it's it's it is uh, your life uh, story is uh, very heartwarming inspiring and uh, it's uh, work in progress which thank you so much george thank you bye This podcast was brought to you by Barrier Break Solutions Private Limited and Score Foundation. Yeah, Roshni, 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 Roshni.